Welcome back to another episode of Lost in the Catacombs. I am your host, Josh, back with you yet again for episode number 29 of your favorite extreme music podcast. Today, this is, in my opinion, one of our best episodes yet, and it's an episode that means quite a lot to me. Hopefully you do enjoy that, but we'll introduce them momentarily. First, I want to remind everyone to follow us on the social media channels of their choosing, which are listed in the description of this episode. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do a simple search on Twitter for Catacombs Media, Lost Catacombs Media on Instagram, and just do a simple search on Facebook for Lost in the Catacombs. Also, feel free to support the supporters of the show, Blast Beats Vinyl and Gurgling Gore. Pick you up some cool records. Find those links in the description as well as some discount codes. Blast Beats Vinyl has a lot of extreme music records that you can pick up. A lot of great ones there and Gurgling Gore. If you are a death metal or gore grind fiend, have a lot of options to choose from. So support them all while supporting the show. Also, feel free to follow and subscribe to Lost in the Catacombs wherever you do listen to podcasts. That helps me out tremendously and it helps you out because you get the shows right when they drop and you don't have to go searching for them. But yeah, I think that just about does it. So let's go ahead and without further ado, dive right into the catacombs. Today we are joined by Derek and Justin from the Death Doom outfit, Dream Unending. Their new split with Worm is out right now and it is entitled Star Path. 
a phenomenal new release from both bands. It's about 40 minutes of non-stop death, doom, and black metal action. So check that out if you haven't already. It's out on 20 Bucks Spin, the mighty 20 Bucks Spin, who just keeps putting out heavy hitters and Worm and Dream Unending. As you'll hear, once again, cap off the year for 20 Bucks Spin. It was my longest chat yet, and such fun and so so immersive into this new split and how everything kind of came together. I can't thank Derek and Justin enough, two of the nicest guys I've met in the scene, and they deserve your support. If you enjoy Death, Doom, then check this out. I'm sure you know who Dream Unending is. Their debut full-length, Tide Turns Eternal, came out just a few years ago, and then they followed that up with Song of Salvation and now Starpath. All phenomenal releases. So yeah, Keep on supporting Dream Unending. Tell everybody you know about them if they're into the extreme music scene because these guys do deserve your support. As well as Worm. I'm a huge Worm fan as well. So, again, tell everybody you know about Worm and just show them this split if they're not familiar with either band. And I guarantee you, if they love extreme metal, they'll be fans. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the interview. But first, I do want to play So Many Chances by Dream Unending off the split. And then we'll dive into the interview with Justin and Derek. Don't forget to stay tuned for my recommendation of the week immediately following the interview.
2023 was a funny year because, you know, most of my year was wrapped up doing that two mold record, which in a lot of ways was, was, was very great, but also uh, extremely brutal, just like the process of making that record. So this was so easy, but we got it done so quickly. Like we had it, what, wrapped up by end of January, yeah. like I feel like. So I just spent the whole year listening to it and, and then waiting for it to come out. <laughs> um, and that was nice. It was nice to have that. And then beyond that, like it was just like that two mold. But then, you know, a fun thing that happened outside of all of that was that for the first time, Justin and I actually got to play music together in the same room. Except it wasn't for Dream Unending. We actually recorded like a record for a different project. Uh, that was just like, like the side project to the side project. <laughs> um, so 2023 was like a highly, highly productive year for me, like musically, like between the Dream and Ending record, this other record Justin and I worked on, the Two Mold record. I recorded a solo finger style acoustic record. Um, so 2023 for me just felt like a high point, but at, at the same time, it felt like, you know, a chapter closed in a way because that the two mold record got finished and you know the dream on ending thing like it was you know we we had like definitely kind of caught lightning in a bottle making like two lps in two years and this felt like a very comfortable thing to go after where the stakes didn't feel so high you know what i mean like a split lp with worm like it was only two songs so it was a little easier except it wasn't like it was it was easy but i still like kind of poured over it in like the writing process but yeah, what about you, Justin? Um, well, for me, 2022 was was really busy, you know, because I did, you know, of course, the Dream Unending record, uh, a New England Forms record came out, um, Summerlands. That one was was pretty busy for me as, as far as releases. I did, I did a little bit of touring as well, which I hadn't done in a while. Um, so yeah, so 23, you know, other than the split, I did the song lament LP, but um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, and and then of of course our our thing too, Heart's Desire, but but uh, but yeah. I mean, you know, as as far as as how the past few years had gone, that was actually kind of like uh, you know, a, a quiet year for me. So it was cool, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm 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 down with that too. I, I I've done a lot since like 2020, so it's good to like just have a couple of things a year that I can really sink my teeth into, you know? Yeah. for So sure. I guess the big question, I guess I'm sure you guys have been asked this, but obviously when the press materials came out, it was uh, ironic that dream on ending and worm both have kind of closed the years out for 20 bucks spin. Uh, I think Dave mentioned that. So whose idea was it initially to do the split? Was it Dave's? Was it you guys? Was it, you know, Phantom Slaughter from Worm. Whose was it? I think it was us. Like, I think, well, I know at some point we, I think maybe even David the label joked about doing like a three-way split between us, Worm, and uh, Atramentus uh, as sort of like the, his, like the 20 bucks spin version of like the mm. Peaceville 3. But um, I think we also kind of knew that if we were going to try to do that, it might not happen for a long time. So I think around the time Blue Nothing came out and Song of Salvation came out, I was sort of like, I was talking to Phantom and 
you know, we were kind of congratulating each other on everything. And I was like, yo, split LP, like who says no? And he was like, oh yeah, we're down. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And Dave was like, yeah, sure. Like whatever, man, like you guys can do what you want. Um, so that was November, right? Yeah. And then like two months later, we just recorded the two songs. So I kind of had, I had had those songs sort of, uh, sort of already like, you know, I had already had the fire started on them, so to speak. But then, you know, once you set a sort of, at least for me, like once I set like a deadline of sorts, um, then I feel like a little bit of pressure on me and then I can really get to work on it and start being like, okay, this is what I want to do here. This is what I want to do here. And I, you know, cause sometimes when you just, if you're working on a song, but you don't really know when you need to finish it, you might just, I can just put it aside for months and months and months. Like the, you know, the, the song, so many chances, I probably started writing it around the time we finished recording song of salvation, which would have been February of, uh, 22, I guess. Yeah. So then like, you know, you fast forward, like almost like eight, nine, 10 months later. And I'm like, Oh, I, I gotta like, I gotta wrap it up. I can't even remember when I wrote those songs now. Like, I can't even remember when I would have sent you like a finished demo of each right. song. I, I think, well, I think I had preliminary demos, like maybe mid summer, which is pretty early, you know? Okay. But then I feel like it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't fully fleshed out, ready to go until, until that fall, you know? So remember, I, yeah. I only had the songs a couple months before we, we went, we went into the studios. So. Yeah. So these weren't, I guess, leftover songs. These were fresh new songs, not from any of the sessions from song salvation no. or tied. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not good at that. Like I kind of, if, if I like, if a song doesn't make a record for the most part, like I'm just like, it goes in the garbage kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like there's a two mold song that I wrote in that batch of songs that I, I worked on for the enduring spirit and aperture of body. And we never learned it and we'll never learn it. And like, I'll never attempt to relearn it. Like, I'm just like, it didn't make the cut. It's not worth like dredging up. You know what I mean? You got, I, I, other people can do that. And I think that's great. I just can't. I'm just like, I, I sort of treat recording records almost as like, it's like a purging process, right? Like you spend so much time working on something, you lay it all out and then it's like, okay, you're done. Like I'm, I'm good. You know also, I, mean? I would hate for like the split to be like, oh, just these like right. songs that like didn't make the record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, just throw them on yeah. the split. Like I, I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be so lazy. Yeah. Like it'd be such a, I don't know. Like we want, you know, you want to, that's the problem. That's the thing about splits, man, is like, I don't know how many splits you can really think of where you're like, that's like maybe a band's best material or something. You know what I mean? Like they definitely exist, but you know, you don't, you don't see splits that much anymore either. I guess it depends on like what kind of world you live in. I mean, Justin and I are no stranger to it. Cause like we spent so many years like listening to hardcore records and punk records, which is just way more common, like way more common. Like how many splits have you done? That's in a your good life, question. Justin? Probably at yeah, least I mean, five. And, at least and I was five. in a genre like power violence that like, that's just like par for the course. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you do a, you do a split. You do five splits. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. <laughs> yeah, for it's a sure. lot cooler than just like having an album full of a few features, right? It, and I don't know. It's and obviously it's like yeah. a good like in the hardcore scene. It's I don't know. It's a good way to help cross promote. But I think both you and Worm are at the level now where it's just it's not about cross promotion. It's just more about like this was like a, a sick thing to do with another band that yeah. was also killing it on 20 bucks spin. And like you said, kind of like the peaceful three, like 
Yeah, that's such a cool concept, right? Yeah, like I don't know. I I kind of feel like we're we're spiritually connected. Dream on Ending and Worm, you know, with both bands releasing debut or like debut 20 buck spin releases at the same time. Um both having pretty unique interpretations of doom, like death doom, doom whatever you want to call it in general. Um and we couldn't be any different. Like like you know, like the sound the aesthetic like we're worlds apart but it makes all the sense in the world to me you know what i mean because we all we both like the same stuff but we just yeah how we how we express it is like it's our own our own universe so it's almost like yeah it's like uh it's like alternate dimensions that's why the album cover is so awesome right like the two kind of like mascots or logos kind of looking down on each other because it, it looks like uh like a loading screen from like Combat <laughs> or something like back in arcade days that's funny which is so yeah, sick for sure um but yeah so and you know i i think both bands take the writing and the process really seriously so there was never a fear of i think either band phoning it in or anything like that um i think we both knew it was like okay we have to like we have to do a good job you know not in like a competitive way just like uh we can't we can't like let a it mutual down. respect you know what yeah I mean? like yeah. you don't want to let the other band down yeah for sure so what was it like and like when you're working with another band on a split and for example when you're you're speaking with phantom slaughter and he's like yeah this is a great idea or you're talking with phil or you know do you guys like send each other the demos that you have or you're like are you just like waiting to surprise each other with a split like was it did you hear those songs for the first time pretty much when the split that. came out yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, like when, when when we were done, we sent them our side. When they were done, they sent us their side. So we heard it before, like, obviously it got announced and all that. Um, but no, I had really no idea, like, what that what they were going to do. We kind of talked about it, like, um, uh, about, you know, I knew, I knew what kind of direction Worm wanted to take stuff in. And, but there was never any conversation of, like, do's or don'ts or anything like that like you know every each band had full freedom to do what they wanted but i think we knew like you know this is a really good opportunity a opportunity to just really like stretch out and kind of you know see how much further out we can take the sound and how we can change it also like there was the stakes are even though we wanted to do a good job i don't know the stakes just felt so much lower because I don't know. Doing an LP is like a pretty uh, daunting undertaking, especially when you know it's just two people. So you're doing the you're you're doing it all right. Like so, and 22 minutes or 23 minutes is is somewhat easier than 45 minutes. But I think the thing that went through my mind was, can we do the thing that we do on a full record in half the amount of time? You know what I mean? Like people really comment on the dream and ending records being super cinematic and like a real journey and stuff like that. And, and the flow and that's all great. Like that's sort of, it's sort of the intention. So it was like, can we do that in less time? Like, can we have like the full, can we do the full thing, but in 50% of the allotted time. And I think we did like, I think it's our, I think it's our best work, but I mean, everybody, every band, every time, every new records, their best work. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I see. I'm not a good person to ask either because like, I only like, I don't know. I don't like, I hate 
the notion of like reviewing records or having people on your podcast where you don't really enjoy their music. So I'd be a terrible person to ask because like I enjoy every dream on ending, every two mold. Like, so like I'm, <laughs> I'm biased, but I think this one in particular, maybe it hit different because there's this weird duality or this like dichotomy between worm and between dream unending. Right. So when I listen to worm, it takes me on this ride of this, almost supernatural um wave of existence right and not to say dream unending is not that way but it feels more personal it feels more human than maybe when i listen to a a worm record right so i think it's really cool that you know it's split down the middle almost between reality and you know the irrational or the supernatural in a way and i think that's really sick definitely yeah Yeah. but yeah justin when you finally got into you know the studio with Derek you guys wrote into the same room for the first time you said with this one like when you were first uh, oh no not not for oh, this which one. one was that um so okay so <laughs> all right let's back <laughs> yeah, up a bit um because uh, I I've been a busy guy as far as writing yeah. music so around the time that we finished song of salvation you know that second track secret mm. grief and Phil Swanson does some mm. singing on it um that was really great. And I was really happy he did that. And Justin kind of put that all together because they're bandmates. But around that time, I was I corresponded with him and I was thanking him for doing it. And he, he enjoyed it. So I, I sort of had this idea in my head. I'm like, you know, I'd love to get you on. I'd love to have more music of mine with you singing on it. But I know that if I tried to pitch him on a metal record, he probably wouldn't be interested because, like, you know, he's been there. He's done that. So I sort of was like, well, what if I wrote you a whole record of like non-metal songs? Um, and we just made it. Uh, so I wrote like a whole album's worth of this, of this sort of like, I don't know. It's like, it, to me, like it, it feels like uh, it's like the, like it's like Dream on Ending without any heavy parts, but more like channeled through a sort of 90s alternative rock, like Chris Isaac or Jeff Buckley, if you're oh, familiar sure, with yeah. those guys. Um but then it was great because because I had all this correspondence with him and working on it, it was so easy to be like, okay, well, can you also be on this other Dream and Ending song? And that's why he's also on So Many Chances, which was just like such an easy fit to get him to sing at the end of that yeah. song. But yeah, to play drums, like to play music with Justin in the same room was like really fun. Like, you know, and it was funny because we actually tried to play a couple like Dream on Ending songs just like while we were uh, hanging out. And it's amazing how much of it I forget. I don't remember like any of it. It's so bad. But it was kind of funny because, you know, if and when we we play some of these songs live, you know, Justin Justin will be on vocals. And it's like almost too bad because like you playing drums like it's so good. It's so fun. Well, I was before we had that recording session, to be honest, I was a little worried because I know that you and me work great in the studio, right? We're, We're like you send you send yeah. the tracks and then we load them up and then i play the drums on but like we've never since we've never played together i was like oh shit like i yeah. hope this like this works out but <laughs> it was great you know what i mean like it, it was just as good if not, yeah, if yeah, not yeah. better in the same room. oh yeah the, f- the funny thing about that record too and and i hopefully that comes out sometime next year is that we showed up and like didn't have a band practice and we're like all right we're just going to record a full length of these that songs and we did it like it's yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think the thing that really helps Justin and I is seemingly we don't really tense up when we go into a studio. You know, we have fun with it. Um, and I think these songs too. Like, 
you know, I went in when we recorded these songs, like, I don't know how prepared your drums were when you did it, but I only went in with like, maybe like half of my stuff sort of like permanent. Like I kind of was just like, you know, some of these guitar tracks, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wing it. But now you do all your drums with Arthur Rizik in Philly and he kind of takes on almost like a producer role with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you went in to do, let's say so many chances for drums, like how, how much of it did you know how you're going to play it and how much I'm not no, trying to go take ahead, man. Over, this is sorry. fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I had an idea of, of what I wanted to play, especially at the end. I wanted the, the end of the song to be kind of jammy, like maybe try some fills oh, yeah. out and see, see what, see what works, see what doesn't. But I would say Arthur helped as far as the, um, as some of the, the stuff at the, beginning one and then even in the middle when it gets a little more experimental that that was also uh some of him as well yeah for sure i remember remember at some point because he's he's recorded us before so he understands like the psychology of the of the music he just did the wayfarer record too didn't he arthur yeah he did the wayfarer record yeah did he did he do the whole thing or like did he did he record them too i think he did oh wow nice yeah 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 yeah. that record came out really well well, I remember, I remember, I think I remember you texting me and you're like, you're like this middle part, like the clean part. You're like, what, what do I like? Give me a reference point. Like, what do I do here? And I think I sent you the album spirit of Eden by talk talk. And I was like, first yeah. song, like, yeah. listen. And then, then I remember you sent it back and you guys had had like shakers and stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. I mean, I, you did. I, I, didn't, I didn't like necessarily <laughs> Xerox the part, but I was like, okay, like I'm going to kind of no, take but, a little yeah. bit of what they're doing. So yeah. <laughs> It was a great, it's a great reference yeah. point though. But yeah. And then what about, if not now, when? That one, I pretty much, that well, that one felt a little more straightforward as far as drums go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, like the parts didn't seem so far out and it was kind of, you know, more, I guess in my wheelhouse, you, you could say, but even, even totally. then Arthur, you know, had some, had some good suggestions here or there, but I had pretty much mapped that one out in my head and I'd practice, I mean, I'd practice all of them, but, but that one I pretty much had down. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like um, for that one, like a lot of a lot of the extra guitars, I just sort of like played free safety. Like I just sort of was like, all right, roll the tape and I'll just play what feels right. We'll rewind when we have to and stuff. Um, that, that one, I, I, I think I wanted, the, sorry, I mean to interrupt that. I wanted, no, no, no. Go, go, I wanted go. to keep the drums simple on, on that one, like more, I guess, more of like a funeral doom death doom vibe because the guitar i mean like i didn't want to get in the way of the guitars you know what i mean like i thought the guitars were doing right. such cool things the whole time that i just wanted to like yeah to just keep the rhythm and 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 keep the vibe just have it kind of being like like you know waves kind of crashing back and forth like that's how i wanted the drum sure, to sound sure. for, for that song i wanted the, the guitar to really do the talking so. Yeah, like if not now when like to me like it doesn't even feel like a doom song yeah like it just feels like it feels like a bunch of like King's X riffs until it stops being King's X riffs and turns into like rush riffs yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I had no, like I fate's warning. Yeah. Like I had no like doom reference point for that song. And so many chances is funny. Cause that song, like you can split up into like four parts, right? Cause you got that first heavy part, first clean part, second heavy part, which kind of almost serves as like a tease outro, like a fake outro. And then you have like the for the back end that's all the clean acoustic guitar and stuff. And I remember like that opening, those first opening like heavy riffs, 
on so many chances. Like to me, that reminds me of how we played on Tide Turns Eternal. Like, uh, just like, you know, we had a waltz riff, which we have in the title track of Tide Turns Eternal, and it's really good. And then, so it, it feels like familiar territory, right? And then that clean section in the middle is where we really started to really branch out. You know, we have, yeah, like these, these, this like clean guitar solo. It has a lot more color than anything previously we've done. You know, it, it kind of ventures into jazz and a little bit of chromaticism and, and different modes. And then it has that like, and then it kicks into that like heavy kind of like Bon Jovi solo. And then, you know, it, it kind of like everything gets calm and then we go into that next heavy part. And that part reminds me of how we play on Song of Salvation. So it's like this one song is sort of satisfying, like all these things we've done, but also introducing new elements. And then we get that back end of the song with the acoustic guitar, Phil's vocals, and like, yeah, like a jam section, essentially, where like, you know, you could say it sounds like Opeth, you could say it sounds like the Eagles, like you're not wrong either way, like, and... So that like that was a fun song because yeah it satisfies like so many like I guess like writing urges of mine and like my thing with with Dream and Ending that's so fun is that it's such an exploratory sound you know like we're constantly searching for something in in the in the music reminds me of a quote um, in the first record we included a quote uh, by this uh, poet named or like author poet named Khalil Gibran but he's got a he's got a quote and it's like there's a space between man's imagination and and man's attainment um that may only be traversed by his longing and that's sort of like what writing for dream on ending feels like it's just like these long sections of just like sort of me pontificating via guitar and like trying to find some sort of conclusion and we get there it takes somewhere from 10 to 14 minutes on average but uh, i felt like these songs were way more I felt like they're like the most exploratory songs that we have. And we did a lot more with less like, you know, Song of Salvation, every section has like, like four guitar tracks happening, right? Whereas this one, I feel like we scaled it back, like, you know, just two heavy rhythm guitars. But then there's maybe only like one clean guitar going over top instead of like multiple stacked guitars, which was happening on Song of Salvation, like Song of Salvation felt like such a maximalist record, like, the most you could throw at something before you're hitting like the overboard sort of end of the spectrum. Uh, very much like the new tumult record where there's just like always something happening, but it's never feeling too overwhelming. I don't think maybe some people do. I don't know. But uh, so it was like, it's like trying to find the balance, but with this one, it was like, well, what if I just could get more involved with like, just like a single guitar track and, and do more with it. And uh I was really, was really pleased with the outcome. Um, and then, yeah. And then I felt like the drums weren't being so buried so much by like so much guitar. You know what I mean? It, I feel like the songs breathe really well because there's a bit of a rawer sound to the, excuse me, overall mix as well. Like a lot of good room sound on those drums, especially, especially on so many chances, like, like the snare sounds so good. There's so much warmth to the sound, which I really like. Um, which is a nice contrast to like the worm side, which is like, you know, definitely leaning more into the kind of black metal vampiric side of, of their sound. So it's got a little bit more of like a little bit colder. Um, so it's a nice, it's just like sets a wide spectrum of sound that you're experiencing on one record. 
I think that's what's so cool about yeah, the split. For sure. Anyway, yeah, I was going back yeah. to that, you know, that duality of everything. Like there's the 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 real and then there's the I guess the surreal, like kind of Justin and I were saying earlier, we both picked yeah. up on like the the supernatural and then reality and then warm and cold. Yeah. I think that's such a, a beautiful way to put it. But one question I did have, and this is something I always ask people that have like numerous or multiple projects um, that they're kind of diving into. Is it difficult to, I guess, differentiate between the headspace that you need to get into for, let's say, a Summerlands record or a Tumon record? And while they might sound different, is it hard to get out of that mindset of writing for one record in particular rather than maybe a Dream Unending record? Well, I'd, I'd be interested to know your answer, Justin, about like, especially, well, yeah, like playing drums, but also writing lyrics between this band and Innumerable Forms. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally different as far as like subject matter and then, you know, thought process, um, um, you know, where I'm at emotionally. But like, you know, it it's it, it feels organic both ways. You know what I mean? Like. I'm not fake. I'm not going to write something that that's not that's not real or not real to me. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's I, I don't have any difficulty uh, coming up with lyrics for either band, because, like I said, they kind of represent like, you know, different different sides of me. And uh, it, it, it's good with Dream One Ending, you know, like what we said at the beginning, like kind of everything is on the table, right? All bets are off. So I can write about whatever I want. And like, I feel good about it. Yep. And, it's, and like, you know, I'm, I don't feel, I don't feel weird. I don't feel self-conscious. So, um, and, and obviously if you're in that headspace, it's way easier. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I guess also too, with dream and ending, like sometimes, you know, you're almost, I'll give you almost like leading things yeah. because I might be like, okay, here's a song that I'm working on. And here's like, you know, any like any of the clean lyrics that are sung or spoken on the records, I write that and then Justin writes all of his own vocals. So maybe I write something for a song before you even start. Oh. And I'm like, okay, here's what I've got. And you're like, okay, like that's a good jumping yeah. off point. And then there's ones where, you know, I, I, I don't know if other bands do that or this or not, but like, I'll give you a song and I'll be like, the song is going to be called this. And then I'm like, yeah, go for I it. Love that write, too. write your yeah. lyrics. So we, whatever, we did that right? for the, for the yeah. split. You had already had song titles for both songs. But but no real lyrics yeah. except for a, a a few of those lyrics at the end of so many chances. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then as far as writing, like, you know, um, I think the one of the biggest effects that working because when I wrote when I wrote well, <laughs> when I wrote when I wrote Tide Turns Eternal was around the same time I would have been working on the songs that made up the, the Enduring Spirit. So, you know when I was working on tumult songs, I didn't feel any real inclination to write like slow parts or like doom riffs because it was like, well, I have a band where I'm already yeah. doing that. And it, maybe it influenced the speed of that tumult record. Cause it's, it's much faster. It never really lets up here and there it does. But as far as headspace, you know, it, it's funny. Like sometimes, you know, you'll start writing something or you'll be playing something that you kind of come up with and it doesn't have a home. And then eventually I figure out what it, what it's supposed to be. It's like, okay, this is going to be this, or this is going to be that, you know, sometimes I might have something, I might have one, two ideas and, and I'll just sit there and I won't know where it'll go. So for example, like I was working on, I had these couple riffs and I was like, Oh, is this going to be, is this going to end up as a dream and ending song? Or is this going to end up as a tumult song? And it ended up as the middle of a tumult song, which was will of whispers. 
that like that clean right. break in the middle going into the end. Like I had those, I had the, like the bones of those two things being like, what am I going to do with this? And I was like, oh, I can't find a home for it. And then it just sort of, you know, flashball moment where it's just like, oh, I know exactly what to do with that. And sometimes that happens with dream and ending as well, where it's just like, you know, I might be playing something and be like, where am I going to go from here? And then you pick up a guitar two days later and you're not thinking about what you're playing or what you're just like riffing on. And then you realize like, oh, fuck, like that is what's going to come out of the clean break in so many chances. That's how we're going to go to the next heavy part. And then you're like, oh, great, I got it. And so sometimes it's it's never it's not linear for me, I guess, like uh, I'm always playing and writing, but never with. I can't sit down and be like, I have to write a tomb mold song. You know what I mean? Or I have to write a dream on ending song or I have to write a whatever. Like uh, if I did that, I probably wouldn't come up with anything great because I just let it try to come out naturally. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just in the process of of playing. So yeah, I guess like to me now, new tomb mold and dream on ending occupy the sort of same real estate in the sense of they're both, um, the subject matter and, and the, and the tone, like it's super melodic and it's almost bright. Like, you know, it's, it's dream and ending slow music, but like, to me, it's like an album, like song of salvation has so many bright moments, especially like all those cleans yeah. and stuff. Like there's some really like, you know, triumphant or Epic moments, same with two mold. So maybe that just represents like, yeah, like a part of me, like that I'm trying to express through my writing. And if it's all happening around like this, like same period, it, it kind of makes sense that there might be some, thematic crossover maybe even though like the riffs are quite different but yeah it's uh i don't know it's ongoing man it's just like always ongoing (laughs) justin i do have a question for you you know as as someone that you know writes the lyrics for this record and um again when i listen to a dream on ending record there's this emotional weight that really ties into everything this isn't to say or this isn't like i guess um to discredit any other lyrics you write obviously because i'm sure they all mean a lot to you but in some ways, do you feel that Dream Unending is perhaps maybe the most um, cathartic or emotional project that you have? Or Yeah, probably. You know, it's it's actually, it's the only one where I have to, I have to hear the music before I start writing the lyrics. You know what I mean? Because I feel like the, the lyrics and the music are, are so tied together. With other projects, I haven't, I didn't have to do that. But for this one, it's like, essential you know um and i mean and that's not to say that that other projects i've done weren't cathartic because there are a lot of cathartic moments in the normal forms you know right. like no tolerance like maybe like not as much or something like, that, but like <laughs> but, you know, depends on who you yeah. ask if you ask if you ask payson from two mold he might be like that's pure right yeah i mean hey right? yeah yeah nothing wrong with that you but but just saying like yeah so so i yeah i guess i would say that the that yeah okay dream on ending is, is probably the most cathartic and probably has the the most um like emotional depth too as far as the lyrics even though like maybe they come off a little a little bit abstract compared to even to like innumerable forms like they're still like you know as far as uh subject and as far as meaning it's pretty laser focused you know like like it's you know, it's, it's written about, you know, either, you know, feelings I've had, uh, experiences I've had, like, you know, or emotions that I feel for, for other people and, and other things like that. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could say that, that it's, 
it it's, it definitely feels the, the heaviest to me. Yeah. A lot of that probably sure. has to come down to, like you said earlier, just nothing's off the table. It has to feel freeing yeah. to be able to just do whatever you want and have this project that, and not to say again, that none of your other projects you feel, I guess, constraint or anything like that. Like I right. guess the new two mold record, for example, they just went in a totally different direction than I guess maybe people are expecting. So not that you feel constraint, but it has to feel freeing that like people expect you to just do whatever you want on a record and twist and throw these twists and turns in there. Right. Yeah. And I guess I mean, Derek for you too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all bets are off with this one and that, and that's, and, and, and that's actually, it, it, when, even when I presented the idea of this band to Derek, that was kind of what I wanted, but even I wasn't like ready to like surrender all the way. Like I had to have <laughs> Derek like, like drag me across the finish line as far as like trying this stuff. And, you know what I mean? Well, there's definitely like, like between the first record and the second record, there was definitely like some sort of like, you just like kind of, you just yes. surrendered. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause like the first one, it was sort of like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like kind of being like, you have to just take this leap of yeah. faith with me. Totally. And you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make you jump with right. me. Like you're, we're locked, we're locked together. But then with like Song of Salvation, I'd be like, what do you think about this? What do you think of this? And you're like, whatever yeah. you want, man. Like, just right. just do it. Like, even even pacing with Tumult, like when we finished the record, he was like, he was like, there are moments where I wasn't like, you know, we'd be working on a song and, and privately he would be like, I don't know if this song will, will, will work or something. And then, you know, but me and Max were just like, no, 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 like we got this. And then after it was done, he's like, yeah, like I can't doubt you guys, like whatever. And it's like, yeah, like it's just... um you know, it's, it's, it is, it's like a leap of faith, but then that's like, makes me, that's like the beauty for me of like playing with people is me being like, I have an idea. Like, will you, will you see it through with me? And when people say, yeah, it's sort of like, I don't know, like that's, it means a lot. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a thing for me. It's a big deal. Like I only really write music with like four or five people. So the, it, it, it means the world to me, but yeah, like definitely the thing with doom too, is I feel like Doom as a genre just has such a so much wiggle room. Like, look at all those peaceful bands, right? Like, you know, look at the first Paradise Lost record, and then like, what's the one from '99, like Host or whatever? You know, when they like the oh, blue the cover Lost, and they're yeah. like getting into like, yeah, yeah like kind of like pseudo trip hop beats and stuff, or like look at the first Anathema record versus like a Fine Day to Exit or even Judgment yeah. or something, or Catatonia, even from dance of december souls to like last fair deal gone down right where it's just like they clearly don't give a fuck what people think like they're like we're just gonna do what we want yeah. you know what i mean the only band of that, that style that really kind of stayed the course for the most part i guess was my dying bride yeah, even but they, they you listen to like yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah they definitely had some records that yeah. ventured out into yeah, like maybe. different maybe almost pop territory or something but they, yeah it's just like um and that's just one side of doom. You know what I mean? So, and also the idea that there is almost an expectation of long songs. So I have the ability to just keep writing and writing until I feel like that's the thing too. Like even this other band that we did on the side, this like sort of rock band, like the songs are still like five to seven minutes. It feels like, you know what I mean? Like it's just, they're just vehicles to explore. That's like, I love exploratory music. Like I love prog music. Right. And, and to me, like Dream on Ending is like pseudo like prog doom. It's just all slow riffs, but 
it's the the ride right like the twists and the turns and not knowing where it's gonna go and like i think like to me like the best example of that is the title track of song of salvation like i that's i think that's like my favorite of like the long songs before that and so many chances probably but just like yeah like let me take you on a thrill ride but it's gonna be at like 80 beats per minute or something instead of like 160 beats per minute yeah that's that's funny you mentioned that song because i don't know why but i just remembered that that song was like i don't know what was it like 13 and a half 14 minutes long something like that that's such a bold move to launch a record (laughs) with a 14 minute track and i actually talked to um (laughs) what uh I talked with Godthrim earlier. I don't know why I spaced on the name, but they opened their new record this year, which was phenomenal, by the way, a phenomenal doom record with a, like a 16 minute track. And I was like, man, you just didn't give a shit what anybody thought. You you were just like, I'm throwing this out there. Like it's just, and again, it's very doom, but yeah, man, what a bold move to just throw it out there with a 14 minute intro. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's like a commitment, right? Like it's sort of like you're either in or you're out. You know what I mean? But with that said, like, you know, the thing that we did, you know, on Tide Turns Eternal, the record doesn't really start to pick up until you're maybe five, six, seven minutes into the the actual album, right? Like, because uh, you have you have Entrance and then you have the second track, Adorned and Lies, and that doesn't really hit till like two, three minutes in. So you've got like f- almost five minutes total of preamble. Song of Salvation, like the, the clean intro with the 12 string is like, 90 seconds at the most and then you're just hit with heavy riffs and then it's like here we go right and you're you kind of just run like the full gamut and then you don't get really like a a relief from that until maybe yeah like eight or nine minutes ten minutes into the song when you get like a second clean break like so it was definitely like yeah it's like this one was like we're just with song of salvation was like kick the doors down and we're just gonna drag you through it and then and but it's gonna be awesome and like you know, it's so fun though. That song, I think, too, is such a is such a a personal masterclass of like building tension and having high release points. I think maybe we talked about this when you talked to me and Payson about Tumult, but like I'm a big fan of like tension and release and just like trying to create suspense for like a big yeah, like a big high point. And that song has it. I think uh I think that I think that song has an ecstatic rain. The closing track does as well at times, but yeah, like that sort of just the suspense, the mystery of like, where are you going to take this? And it, everything always just lands really well. At least for me, of course, I'm going to say that I'm the one who wrote it, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's funny. Cause I, I find it to be such exciting music, despite the fact that it's not fast. You know what I mean? I think exciting people always pair with like fast music, but I was like, no, like, there's so much to take in like that's sort of that's sort of the uh the appeal and like there's definitely other doom bands that do that too that that i like but yeah uh it's fun for me it's like a fun i don't know it's like a fun challenge like of just like trying to land the plane on a 14 minute song you know what i mean like yeah speaking of <laughs> tide turns eternal man not to get like overly emotional and i'm probably gonna look like a baby here but man when that record came no when that record do. came out like obviously we were in such a crazy time of nobody really knowing oh, yeah. like, what the future was going to hold. And of course I'm talking about like the pandemic and everything, but like that record mm-hmm. just felt so emotional. And I remember like reading along to the lyrics and there was that lyric. Uh, it must've been on the song dream unending. And it was behold your shape. The breath of dreams brings light. 
And I just remember, I remember oh, yeah. hearing that line and I was like living in an 800 square foot apartment, like barely making any money. Like I'd just been laid off earlier that year. And like, I just remember how much that record meant to me that year. And I, I don't know, like looking back for you guys and, and that's yeah, awesome, man. Again, uh, not that you're, you were oh, struggling. Sure. Like, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you're through and it. We all were. But like, I'm glad that you could have a moment yeah. with it. Like, and that's amazing. A guy on YouTube, I'm sure you guys are aware of, but uh, Scourge of Vinyl, who uh, also, oh, yeah. he, that was his favorite record. That Yeah, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, that was his favorite record that year. And yeah. I've watched him for so many years. And I was like, man, finally, like, I feel like, I don't know. It's just, it feels like somebody else like understands, you know what I mean? And I don't know, that's the, that's the beautiful thing yeah. about music too. And not to turn this into a, a therapy session, but for you guys was dream unending no, okay. a very like and i hate to like ask if it helped you like maneuver through those hard times oh, like how much did this project fuck, mean man, to you yeah. totally 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 it was like it was you know working on that record and the other one too like it was like it felt like pure escapism at times for me uh in a good way but like yeah, man, like during the pandemic, like I wasn't sure where I was going to live. I was living like with my mom. I thought I was moving to the America Americas. That's where my, my wife lives. And then we changed our minds. But because of the pandemic, like we could only see each other every so often. I went long stretches of time just being alone. I was commuting to work via train. It was 90 minutes each way. Uh, and during, working like, you know, public service during like or like, you know, I work in a cafe and like working during the pandemic was just very, very dehumanizing time. It just, it just sucked. So it was just like, it's just this thing that I had though, but I, you know, I, and I, yeah, it was great. And I, I think we knew we wanted to make something that would hopefully kind of reach people in a way, maybe like the people who took the time to as much as it meant something for us. And, you know, um, I've definitely, when that record came out, definitely some people reached out to me to be like, I'm going through something right now and this record is really, really hitting for me. And same with, same with like song of salvation. Like, you know, I had, I had a close friend, like, you know, message me being like, you know, the, the spoken word part at the end when he says like, after that whole spiel and he says like, I've awoken and I remember everything. He's like, I can't tell you what that means to me right now. And I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's great. Like it obviously means something to us because we write it. Right. But you know, you can, it's it's personally satisfying to get something like that done, but it's a whole other thing to have it actually connect with somebody else. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure it feels feels that way for you too, Justin. Yeah, I mean, well, we we had kind of talked before how we we wanted the band to be, you know, you know, uplifting at times. Not obviously not like you know a preaching vehicle for anything in particular, but 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 you know what I mean, like like. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think at that point it, it was a tough, especially during during Tide Turns Eternal. It was it was a, a tough time in my life in, in a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? Especially emotionally, emotionally and physically, to be honest with you. But um, so you know, it was it was therapeutic for me. It was healing for me. Uh, I'm just I didn't I didn't expect anyone else to be touched by it, but I'm 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 glad that that. Uh, that it, it reached people. You know what I mean? Cause that, that certainly was, uh, yeah, man. that, that, that was like the, the, the desire, you know? And, and, and also yeah. at that point, you know, I, I, I think that I, I started cause I'm, you know, I'm getting a little bit older and, and I, I started to remember like how something like, like straight edge hardcore really 
touched me, you know what I mean? It really helped me, especially when I was like a teenager and stuff, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't want to make like a record that was super negative or being a band that was negative, that, that, that brought people down or that, or that made people feel worse about themselves or about the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was yeah. not what, what, what we wanted to do with Dream One Ending. And I'm glad that, that, I mean, maybe some people feel that way, but, but for the most part, I think people are, <laughs> are have, you know, uh, you know, uh, associate like, you know, something positive with this band. Yeah. I think if you're trying to make it really like, if you're, tr- if you go with the mindset, you're like, yeah, I'm going to make sure that people take something away from this nine times out of 10, you're probably going to <laughs> like, it's not going to land with it. Yeah. It's not going to land the totally. same yeah. way if you're not doing it for yourself first. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, you think of, yeah, you think a minor threat and they're like, yeah, I know our intention is not to make sure that people turn straight edge. They're like, you know, this is just what I'm going to preach about my life. And just so happen, then like you know the black flags of the world too. You know it's not like they right. have this mentality of not that black flag was straight edge by any means, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I just yeah, think yeah. if you go into the mentality that you're going to try and reach people, it doesn't necessarily land ever. Yeah, right. And, and, and yeah, like, um, and I feel like I, I at that point I had gotten, you know, I, I was old enough to I'm old enough to see like people especially like, you know, in my life who've just dwelled on hatred and negativity and, see, oh, God, and to see yeah. where they're at in life. And I was like, you know what? Like, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely like, there's definitely like a, it's like, there's, there is like, there's like a, there's a pretty, you know, it's funny because with heavy music, with, with heavy vocals and stuff, if, if someone doesn't read the lyrics you know, you you worry that they might yeah. miss almost the 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 mission statement of the record or the point of the record, and that's why like spoken parts or the clean singing like play such play such a role too. It just kind of helps shape everything we're trying to say. So it's like in case you did not read it, like here it is in like four lines or something, right? Or here it is in like a spoken passage, or here it is in like a couple verses or something, and and yeah, like it's. You're right. Like, I don't know. Like, we're definitely not people that we're very much like people that kind of put it in our rearview mirror and move on. Like, and I think that's like what we're trying to say with the records in a way. Like, I mean, so many chances, like if you take nothing from that song, except when Phil sings like every hit, every miss, infinite bliss, so many chances. Like, that's just life, man. Like, life is just about trying, just trying every day, you know, like not everything's going to go your way and not every day is going to be a victory, but there's always tomorrow, right? It's always about looking forward. And yeah, like you mentioned, you mentioned Brandon, like Scourge of Vinyl, him and I talked about when Tide came out and he was just like, you know, this record means a lot. And I was like, I'm glad like, you know, uh, people go through stuff, man, but like, and music and it's such a, it's such a wonderful, like I, yeah, like I don't know what I would do if I couldn't listen to like the records I needed to listen to, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what it is, like, it's just like, but I'm, I, it's all I've got some days, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think for me, like writing music has become a uh, very important to me because I guess at some point, maybe a few years ago, I started to figure out that I had a knack for it. You know, like I never had written an LP really before Tumult started. Like I kind of had, but you know, nothing of any real serious like stakes where it was like, it was actually gonna get pressed on vinyl or anything like that. Right. So even like that idea, like just always felt daunting to me. And, and 
discovering I have a knack for it and discovering that like there isn't a limit to my playing and that I can always get better and stuff. Like it's been, it's been such a great thing. So then to, you know, writing and making all these records in a way becomes like, whether it's dream on ending, whether it's heart's desire, which is the band Justin and I have recorded on the side, whether it's playing bass on that outer heaven record that came out earlier this year, whatever it is, like all of these things become the story of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like Justin, you probably feel that to an nth degree because you've done so much over the last what, 15, 20 years of your life. Yeah. Right. Like, and they become these touchstones and like, you can look at a record and you can remember everything about that point, you know, maybe, and for better or worse, you know what I mean? So it's, it's wonderful. Um, and yeah, and, and there's just like there's a there's a purity to like the songwriting process that I really love and and I I crave um, because once a, once a record's made and it's out there in the world, like it's not yours anymore. You know what I mean? Like it belongs to the listener, and that's why you know it's funny. Like I've never been a big milestones guy until, um, you know, the Tumult record, Man of Infinite Forms, turned five uh earlier this year so we played a show like kind of like a surprise gig for 100 people where we played the whole record and that was like kind of fun um but then you know that that for me felt more like just like you know it wasn't so much of like oh my god like this record we made turn five that's so sick it was more like i just enjoyed the the feeling of like still playing with payson and max after so many years like you know that that kind of that that meant more to me than like the record turning five you know what i mean like but records like they live forever but you know people will buy it and people will sell them like you know when they're done with it um but i have the memory of making that record with those guys like that to me is like the most important part and it's the same with the dream on ending records you know what i mean like you know i i can remember like you know i i remember those so like the solo at the end of so many chances like uh we did it's funny actually uh i don't know if you've spun the record yet I'm not but um so when you put it on and you get to the end of of so many chances the guitar solo at the end it's different than the one you would hear on spot no kidding that's yeah sick. so let's listen for that so like i have the memory of like being in the studio with sean pearson the engineer who i who i work with and two mold works with and we were like, all right, let's, we're going to cut a solo here. I was like, all right, we're going to do an acoustic guitar solo. And he's like, all right. And he's like, do you know you want to play it? I was like, no, I was like, we're just going to, I'm just going to go for it. And we workshopped it and we got this good thing after a bunch of takes. And I was like, all right, great. Well, let's save that. Let's mute it. Now let's roll it back. And I'm going to grab this guitar and we're going to do like an electric solo as well. Dude. And he was like, cool. And then, so like, just like having both and like doing that and knowing that maybe no one will ever pick up on it, but I remember doing it. I was like, Oh, that's that so is, sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's a great memory. And like the, the base on uh if not now, when I did in one take and I don't even, it's so funny. Like I don't even remember that we were rolling when we did it. I was just sort of like, why don't you press play and I'll just try to work through it. And on my first crack, I, I just nailed it. And I remember it's, I think I screwed up one thing that we had to punch in and fix. And I remember, I remember the song finished and Sean turned to me and he was like, oh, you did it. Great job. And I was like, that's it. He's like, yeah, that was the whole song. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, great. Like, um, and those kind of things like that'll stick with me forever. Uh, and, you know, what happens with like the records, like, that, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean a damn thing after a certain point, but it's like, except that people hopefully enjoy it. But like, yeah, um, you know, people, I like, you know, they, like, you can't really hang on to that stuff. Like, 
it's like people who get mad about people who flip records. It's like, man, that's like part of the game. You know what I mean? Like, uh, luckily, what I like about 20 bucks spin is that every time he does a repress, he does multiple mm-hmm. variants because then it like it the market, dilutes yeah. the pool. Like, you know, it like, yeah, like because it's like instead of like four special variants, he's like, no, there's like 14 variants like suck on that. You know what I mean? And that's great because even though some people will still try to be like, well, the first pressing, like you have to pay 80 bucks for it or something now, like whatever. But uh, yeah, like I just, um, for me, like once a record's done, it, it belongs to the people right. and it it's good for me because it just creates real estate in my head to fill up with new song ideas and yeah. stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Like uh, with, with music, I try to be a little like in the moment about it. Like just like, have an idea, work it out, and then finish it, and then just move on instead of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, resting on my laurels, I guess I'm not into. Yeah. Justin, I... <laughs> Anyways, that was a yeah, long-winded Justin, answer. touching on what uh, Derek said earlier, I mean, man, you've been in the game for <clears throat> close to two decades now, just putting out music. Um, has it ever hit you just like, kind of what Derek said, you know, long after you're gone, you know, the music still remains, and it's going to be there for people to consume and pick up on does it ever hit you that like you've left behind like this content that like people, future generations are going to be able to discover? Like, does that ever dawn on you or are you just like, I can't think of it that way. I just keep looking forward. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I didn't until, until recently, you know what I mean? Because, you know, growing up, I never thought that, you know, anyone would, would even give a shit about, the music that, that I made or like, or the scenes that, 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 that we were part of or whatever, you know what I mean? Like looking back now, I'm like, Jesus, like, I wish I had done that one way better because now it's on YouTube for, the whole world to see for <laughs> eternity. You know what I mean? Like some shitty show that we played in 20 years ago or something like that. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I don't I don't know what to think about that actually. You know what I mean? Cause I, I'd always, I'd always see myself as like, oh, okay, well, like the guys before us, those were like the guys that really, that really did their thing. And we're kind of just falling in their, in their footsteps. And like, those are the, those are the guys, you know, but like, um, I don't know, you know, I, I guess it's, it's better not to think about that because too much pressure. Uh, to, yeah. I, I, I guess, I mean, th- and, and that's why that's, that's why I like Derek so much because in, in my experience for like really ta- like Derek's a talented guy, but in my experience of with working with really talented guys is that they're control freaks. Right. And like they have to, and every single thing has to be approved by them and, and they have to go through in their head a million times to the point where it's just totally joyless. But, but Derek is, is a very much like in the moment type of guy. You know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, that take felt good. Sounded good. Let's just go with it that part that's cool i like it let's do it you know what i mean like so that's like that that's a pretty special thing to like be around so like i think that's also helped me as well you know not not be so <laughs> obsessed with every little thing or even thinking about you know oh man this that minor is a record from 2005 like if i just did this it would, it would, <laughs> like i would be so like whatever you know what i mean like like that's done with it was an expression at the time like i'm much more um I, I can, I can, I can like surrender to, to that, like that, uh, that notion now, you know what I mean? Which, which definitely helps me. Not so, to, so the, so the um, answer is like, 
I can't remember what the question was. I turned this into a therapy session. Sorry, yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, no, it, like I was going to say, like when what's like, can you think of like, what was the record where can, what was the record where for everybody collectively, was it the hardest to make for you? Can you think know. of one? I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like actually, and it may maybe because I started thinking about things like legacy or things that like actually don't mean anything, but somehow mean something to me because you know what I mean uh, for yeah. out of insecurity or or pride or whatever. So I would say, excuse me, the records that I started doing into my thirties were <coughs> were actually harder for me to make because. You know, I started second guessing everything. Well, what if this part isn't great? What if that? Like, what? You know what I mean? What are they gonna think? Like, what's you know what I mean? Like, like all this bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I would say the, the hardest ones for me to make were, were ones that were like in my thirties. Like the Innumerable Forms LP was tough to make because um, first the one, first or one, one, because we we had been a band for okay. so long, we had never done an LP. So I was like, oh shit, like the pressure's on. Here we go. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah. That's how we, that's how we properly met. Yeah. Cause right. it's funny. Like I've, I've been, Justin and I have been in like the same rooms since probably 2005, yeah. but Maybe earlier, we didn't yeah. know each other. Right? right. Yeah. Like, so when that record came out, that was what? 2017, 2018, 2018. Yeah. Same year as Manor. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I remember it was like, it was like normal forms LP coming out and I was like, Whoa, they finally yeah. did it. Like I can remember seeing you guys, um, like 2010 probably. Fuck, we we like, played Toronto in 2010. 2010, yeah. 2010, 2010 with um, fuck, what was that band? You know, uh, yeah, oh my band. god, uh, yeah, Andy, like Slaughter Strike. Strike yeah. But who Mammoth were you guys? Like? But there was another band, Mammoth Grinder, Mammoth Grinder, yeah. And I remember like that. That was the last time. That's a lot. I haven't seen you guys since. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. I still have to see you guys again. Like, but it's so I remember when that record came out, I I hit up Chris Bruni at Profound Lore and I was like, Can I have Justin's email? I want to like congratulate him on finally doing this. And then he gave it to me and then I emailed you and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm so and so. And then that's just how we got yeah. talking. And then I think I think you were like I, I can't remember if you, if you were like, let's do a band. No, I was. I mean, opportunities or... at the end of the day. So like, well, you said like, <laughs> well, you said you're like, yeah. hey, if you need anything, let me know. And I was like, I was like, huh, okay. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, but yeah. So like, what was so hard about that record? Like I said, you know, I think there, there was a lot of second guessing. Um, there was a lot of like um, debate on. Were you just playing? Were you, you weren't playing drums on full it though. band. I, I, actually, I actually played guitar on it. I played, I played um, some of the rhythm tracks on it as well. Okay. But, mo- but, okay. but mostly okay. singing, you know, because we already had the full band intact in, in by then. But yeah, I don't know. It was just one thing after another. There was a couple calamity calamities here or there, but it was just, I don't know. It, 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 it took a while to do. I don't know. But like, it, you know, what? It, yeah. was actually, it was actually good to go through that because af- after that, I didn't take myself too seriously anymore. And I was just... And I felt like it was, it was, since then it's been much easier to kind of do what I want to do, be happy with it. Now, what about a record like Dream Killer, the Summerlands Dream? record? Easy? Not easy. It, it, it was, 
that one was easier for me because, you know, I think it's harder to be like in forums. I'm kind of in the driver's seat, right? Like I'm the guy who started the sure. band. Like, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, some, with Summerlands, you know, Arthur writes the, the guitar riffs. You know what I mean? Like me and him will, will arrange stuff usually together. You know what I mean? But yeah. like that one, that one didn't feel very stressful because actually, you know, I had, I, I, fl- I flew to Philly to record the record. We, we, we booked out an entire week just to do drums. Like a, a lot of those songs had, hadn't even come together yet. So, so like we would track and like, and then we would change stuff, but we, we kind of like built the songs from the ground up there. I felt really good about it. Right. And it, with recording with Arthur, it's like no stress at all. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's such an easy mm-hmm. guy to work with. So, so that one was, was more just fun. Like we, we were hanging out, making jokes and stuff. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was yeah. just a good time. So that, there was no pressure because it wasn't like you like had all this rehearsed material where you're like, I have to nail it or anything no. like that. I'm sure. I wonder if those, I wonder if the other members had a harder yeah, time. Yeah, that's a good question. Probably, I, or like more, like more under the gun, so to speak. Because, yeah. I, I, I think uh, Brendan maybe felt that way. Cause he was like the, the new guy coming in, but uh, singing. Yeah. He did yeah. such a good job. I was there for some of those sessions. He just knocked it out of the park the whole time. I was like, it's all good. You know, it's, it's such a his his singing on that record yeah, is incredible. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, I I remember uh, I remember emailing him to tell yeah. him so. I was like, shit, man! Like your performance brings me to tears. Like yeah, it's so good. Deal. He's like, yo, thanks, <laughs> man. Like it's just like so oh, unserious. Yeah. But um, what record was easier for drums, uh, Tide or Song of Salvation? I would say Song because you know by by that point I feel like we had. Um, we had gotten in the groove as far as what we wanted to do yeah. as, with sound. I felt more comfortable about, about um, you know, artistically where we were at. Because still, like, dude, making Tide, it, it really felt like, uh, I don't know, like like unknown territory. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. going into it. Like, I'm, I was so, I hadn't been that nervous in a long time, actually, to make a record. Yeah, wow. especially vocals too. Because oh. I was like, man, I was like, really? man, the the music is so good. I really hope I don't fuck this up with the with the vocals. Because that because I know my the 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 vocals that the, the type of vocals that I do for Dream One Ending, I know they're a, a little bit two dimensional, and may and maybe here or there, maybe some people would want maybe something a little different. But for me, I think like the kind of OG Death Doom vibe helps the band it really i think it, it works and it, and it gives it that emotional depth to know that it's just like a guy s- screaming into a microphone you know what i mean yeah oh yeah dude even like i remember even uh after i think after the first record maybe in the second record my dad and i were talking and he was like i can't imagine any other vocal style yeah. over this he's like nothing else would work yeah, the I same agree. way i was like yeah no it's perfect like you need these sort of Draw, like you also like Max Max comments on this from Tumul where he's like Justin's ability to hold to hold notes like he's like I can't do that like he's like your your ability to elongate you know what I mean and that works so well for the style yeah. of Doom that we're playing though right like you need that like that power and that that longevity and and yeah. whatnot right like yeah no it works really well it's like i can't imagine it any other way really yeah. like over like over heavy riffs at least yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it feels like, almost hypnotic yeah. right like these the dream yeah. on ending records like as a whole like very For hypnotic sure. and 
I don't, I think if you, you branched out too far, it wouldn't be a dream unending sound. It would be a different band. If you were just doing these different vocal, you know, if you went really high on (laughs) a dream unending record, people would be like, what? like just kind of taken back. But I don't know. I think, like you said earlier, like it's, you can do whatever you want, but I don't know. There's the old adage of it's not broke. Don't fix it. And like these records are just so like, perfect in their own way and so beautiful in their own way that if you did anything different i think it would it would take away from that you know that almost hypnosis you get and like you said you have these other outlets or bands that you can branch off and do whatever you want but like with dream unending man i think you know your vocals are yeah they're they're perfect for what you're doing as derek just put it no i appreciate that but i do have a couple questions about your first impressions of worm so i'd like to you know what was the first you know record was it gloom lord that you guys kind of heard worm for the first time or was it those demos gloom lord for me um and i i thought it was really good I, it's so funny too like the 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 trajectory of worm is almost it's like very similar to tumult uh debut lps on blood harvest records and then move to 20 bucks spin where your debut record artwork is done by Brad Moore. We both had that. It's very funny. And, and so in many ways, like to me, like all three bands, two mold worm and dream and ending are all sort of like spiritually linked That's in my crazy, head. Yeah. But I remember, I remember I thought gloom Lord was really good. And then I remember when he sent me, he sent me forever glade early. And I, I thought that was like really something else. I love the drum sound because the drum sound reminded me of Manner of Infinite Forms. Um, and I just, yeah, I loved I loved the mix of, you know, some kind of like, still had a little bit of like ignorant doom riffs, but then it had these moments where it was like, okay, like they're really, really pushing out. And and what I, what I love about Worm, which is similar to like how I treat my bands is you create a template, right? With a record and then people like it. And then they're like, I can't wait to hear more of this. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I'm going to do something different. And then they hear the new thing you want to do. And they're like, wow, this is this is really good, too. And you're like, yeah, maybe I'll do that again. I'm not sure. Like, you know, it's so funny. The The, the biggest thing about music now, and I don't know if they maybe I'm maybe I might be too close to this because of a band like Tomb Mold and even Dream on Ending. And I'm sure Phantom feels this with Worm. People listen, music listeners can be so spoiled sometimes because um, it was sort of the thing where, you know, we talked about this in Tumul where every, every, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't avoid the question of why didn't you make a record for four years? Right. Because we created a precedent because we made three records in three years. Right. And it's the same thing with like, you know, not dream on ending, not so much because we're a little bit more niche. There's less eyes on us, but we're more popular. And I, 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 I can't even imagine if people were like, "Oh, you only did a split." I thought you were gonna do another full length this year. It's like my guy, like you got an embarrassment of riches yeah. from him, right, or something like that. So, um, it what what I like about that though is like, what if he put out an? What if he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do an LP. It's gonna be a synth record or something," right? Like you know. Uh, you you can subvert expectations and 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 some people will be along with you and some people won't right and I guess it just comes down to the quality of what you do sometimes you know you I become less interested in what like the 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 music is it's like if I like the band or I like the songwriters or whatever I'm just sort of like just do whatever you want I want to hear it like I want right. to hear like because clearly it's like you have a knack for something 
I want to hear your interpretation of whatever, right? And like, so Doom is kind of nice, like we talked about earlier. It's like so such an expansive genre. So, you know, even on our side, like there's just so much we could do, different riffs we could try, different ideas we could try. And it's like, if you like Dream and Ending and you like us, like the members of the band and like how we play and write music, like you will probably like whatever we do, you know, like because we are smart enough to not put out like a shit thing. You know what I mean? Like, and that just comes with uh, being humble and getting older and stuff. And yeah, it's funny, like, you know, if you compare like where we are now, like versus when we were working on Tide, I feel like Justin and I in many ways are like through the other side, you know, like we're both like in pretty good life situations, but it hasn't, that hasn't had an effect on the quality of the music. It just, it creates a, it just creates different, I guess, desires from what we want to do with music. You know what I mean? But like the, the level of writing a musicianship is still there. Um, so my impressions of Worm have always been good. It's always just like, I wonder what you're going to do. And I think that's like probably what I said to him, you, you know, when we started working. I was like, I, I'm so curious to hear what your side will be like. And, you know, he was like, yeah, yours too. And I'm like, yeah, well, um, like, I hope you like it. Cause like, we're gonna, we're gonna like push out into like even more like wuss territory. You know what I mean? So I hope you're in for it. And he, he, he loves it. And I, I love their side. You know what I mean? So it was cool. And he, and he's a good dude. Phil's a great dude. Like, you know, I've known Phil for a little bit and, uh, you know, excellent musician, like a top tier guitar player. Like it was such a nice thing. It was like, felt like I was like, Oh, I don't have to do a lot of like heavy metal solos or anything because like Phil will take care of all of that on the worm side. So like I can play more in my, like, you know, Jerry Garcia or Mark Knopfler style or like Ernie Isley. And I can just have fun with it. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I didn't have to, I only riff like really like one, there's like one big epic lead. And if not now, when that I'm quite fond of, but like everything else is like, you know, it's not a, I don't, I didn't have to like try to have a shred fest with myself or anything. Cause it's like, that's what the other side of the record's for. Like let the pro do the pro stuff and I'll do my <laughs> own thing. <laughs> so it was like, nice. It felt like a weight off my shoulders. Cause like, uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and Justin was gloom Lord. The first thing you'd heard from warm. Yeah, I think that was the first one that I heard. Um, yeah, because that came out, what, maybe 2019 or 20? Yeah, around there. 18 yeah. or 19, I think. But yeah, oh, wow, okay. Yep, yeah. yep, I, I heard it. But then um, uh, Derek uh, sent me Forever Glade when, like, right before it came out, and I was pretty impressed, you know what I mean, by, like, just the the uh, the songs themselves and the production, like, I was like, oh, like, the first thing when I heard, I was like, oh, the production reminds me of Evoke, naturally, and then it turns out that it's the same yeah. guy that, um, that, that engineered uh, some of the later Evoking records, you know, a lot of that New Jersey stuff that, that, that those guys are a part of, so, um, yeah, and then I, for, uh, actually, um, Blue Nothing is my favorite one, I think that, yeah. as, as far, I mean, like, maybe I had heard that some of the stuff was, from the forever glade session but to me like even the the songs themselves feel like uh i feel it feels like the next step for me not even not even the the kind of more black metal song at the end i'm talking even like the more doom ones seem to me like that's that's to me that's their best stuff yeah i think i think that's the the big thing too with um blue nothing and forever glade is just uh like the vision really comes yeah. into focus. You know what I mean? Like, 
Uh, it's sort of the difference between the first Tomb Old record, Primordial Malignity, and, and Manner of Infinite Forms, where Primordial Malignity, like, you know, that's just me and Max, right? And, like, us trying to write a record because we knew if we could write a full length, someone would, uh, Blood Harvest would put it out. So we're just sort of like, okay, uh, we got to write, like, eight songs. All right, let's give it a shot. And then after that, knowing that you could do it, you start to take on a more like, okay, I have an idea, like a whole kind of conceptual idea and all that stuff. And I feel like Forever Glade and Blue Nothing, are very like conceptually speaking, are such uh, like crowning achievements. You know what I mean? Um, but I think even too, like with the split that we just did, like I think both sides like conceptually like did what they wanted to do. You know what I mean? So the effect that we were both can achieve on an LP or I guess blue nothing's an EP. Like it, I don't it's know. Mini, it's not, it's not yeah, short they call though. Mini like, LP, uh, I think it's what they yeah. called it. Okay. Yeah. Mini LP. Cause it's like half an hour. Yeah. Right. Like at yeah, least I'll consider it. I think I'll, I'll, I'll say right now that's an LP. You know? Yeah. And it was the first yeah. one that Phil played like on too, 30 right? minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a 30 minute EP or something is like two is like a, a hardcore LP. That's like 10 minutes too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I um and immediately like with especially with Foreverglade, it was like okay, like this guy's got a vision, you know what I mean? And like I I always respect bands that have like it's just like you clearly are you, you know what you're setting up to do, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you respect like the, the artistry of it, really. Oh yeah, he's a um, he's an enigma yeah. for sure. He's a you know you, you see the I don't know I think it was during the Foreverglade album cycle when he was going and writing the. Uh, just writing for it he was just taping himself walking through like the swamps of florida i was like i was like this dude, oh yeah like this yeah. dude's really getting the aesthetic down. Yeah. i was like that dude's so sick but uh yeah, yeah and phil's so talented <laughs> they're both so talented but yeah man an incredible split star path which is you know out right now but i have a couple more questions for you guys i know um you know we've we've talked for a while now but a couple last questions how often do you guys okay. get offers to do live shows uh every so often you know we've gotten we've actually got we've gotten like a couple like tour offers that we had to turn down because we're like yeah we're not a real band. <laughs> but uh but uh we're working on it like i think i think next year week we want to try to get something together to play some shows but i think we have to like i think we have to start small and like do it on our terms mm-hmm. before we really like try to jump on anything big and just see that we can actually do it stuff we're just throwing it out there but yeah it definitely happens heroes in indianapolis would be a perfect dream on ending (laughs) show we just had broken attica when is that it's in august of every year yeah we just had broken broken attica uh mortician and who else was on that deceased i think was on that and then um, oh yeah graves end was also on that but there was quite a few pretty killer bands but i'm just throwing it out there not for my own benefit so don't think that but um yeah that's awesome i, I think i think people most people know it's just me and derek yeah. so and they, they know that that's kind of like it's uh, difficult you know, to do a thing and that we don't have like we don't have like a band and stuff so like yeah so people haven't been like knocking down my door with with offers you know what i mean but yeah but, it's been thrown up. but we definitely definitely want to do yeah. it though like would love to love to like kind of rework some of those songs for like a a five like a five person lineup plus vocals or something yeah. you know what i mean like definitely doable yeah. um you know what it is though man it's like it's all about finding people who can like make the time and stuff yeah. you know what i mean 
it's it's different because especially too like i'm pretty far away from justin all things considered you know i'm in toronto canada he's in boston mass and um so then if you're gonna find people it's like okay we have to find mostly people that live in america because it's way easier to travel within country than across borders right so then you got to find these people who all want to play on a these songs on records they didn't play on right because then they get so it's it's like it's challenge but we can get there we can get there i was just in boston you should have met up for drinks justin oh where where, when were you when were you in boston Uh, i'm just kidding i was there um the eighth uh, through let me think the fourth through the eighth yeah i was there for work but oh cool yeah right on yeah my first time in boston well next time you got to go to uh want to hear yeah we'll, we'll hang out next time yeah, for sure. Right? It, would, it would be awesome to see. I know I talked to Derek and uh, Payson a couple months ago or whatever it was about getting Tomb Mold here. It's just like every band I ever own here, I'm just like campaigning for them to stop in indie, which yeah. I know it's probably not the best market. We're more of a, unfortunately, country. We're like Garth Brooks and everything that's not by here. I love Kiss Garth is here Brooks, tomorrow. I, I, yeah, I, he's so oh, dude. I've um, historically had good shows in, in Indianapolis, though. Just saying. It, it's a good scene, man. Like, yeah. it was really known for, like, that Midwest uh, screamo, like, you know, the American footballs of everything. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm 32, and Derek, I think, what, you're 34? 34. 34, yeah. You're 34, and Justin, I don't know how old you are, but. Um, um, how old am I? I'm 43. 43. So, yeah. I guess, like, me coming up, like, my first exposure to, like, super, like, heavy music was, like, Kill Switch Engage and, like, as I'm dying. So like, that was like the first, and then also like the Midwest hardcore and I got into like misery signals and all that. So that was like my first exposure to like really harsh vocals, but coming up here, it was just like all like metalcore, Midwestern emo and like all that. So Hmm. I feel like we got a lot of good shows back in like the mid to late two thousands, even going into the early 2010s. And um, it kind of fell off for a while, but now I think that death metal is really kind of almost bigger than it's ever been. We've yeah. been getting some really good shows at Black Circle here, which oh, is nice. like this bar. It's like, I don't know, man. I've seen like Blood Incantation there. Um, who else was just there? Um, Mall was just there, which I really enjoy. Mall, they're on 20 bucks spin now. So congrats. Yeah, to that them. new tape, that, that tape yeah. they put out is, is solid. So, it's so, good. so fun. Yeah, it's such yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. record. And then like holders played there a couple times. They were just here mm, yeah. last yeah. month and then a year ago. So we're getting some pretty good stuff, but hopefully that's a, a continuation of what's to come. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's like, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like venues sometimes in cities. It's like, if you build it, they will come. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just has to be there. But yeah, I mean, I, I know for sure Tumul will we'll end up touring next year. I don't think it'll be a stretch if we, end up there and if not like it's just one of those things i'll travel like, oh, well, whatever well not that, big that or right that now. or like you know sometimes if it's like if if someone you know sometimes like if it's like it doesn't happen on a tour but someone's like you know we can hit three shows in a row in like three days and not have to commit to being away for a while yeah. it's like oh yeah we can make little little jaunts happen especially with two mold but uh yeah, I've only I uh, so you, you're a, are you a Pacers guy then? Like you, you watch basketball? Eric, yes, I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is yeah. a fun year. Tyrese you Halliburton, gotta, I yeah. love him. Yeah. If you guys, all right, here here's my pitch to get you guys here. Both Dream One Ending and Two Mold. You guys come here next fall. I'll take you all to a Pacers game on my dime, oh, yeah. and we'll go. Oh man, <laughs> we'll all go to a Pacers game. The Pacers Arena. The Pacers Arena. The Pacers Arena now is sick. I just went the other night. We got blown out by thirty. So. 
whatever. Um, <laughs> Wait, which game yeah, was that? Which game was that? I went uh, the Magic. We were down. <laughs> well, oh, actually, yeah, yeah we magic, we came back. That Magic yeah, team is that Magic team's nice, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben Caro's yeah. killer, man. That dude. Yeah. Remember yeah, leading he's... up to that draft, everybody was like. Nobody thought he was going to be the number one. Who was supposed to be the number one pick that Chet, year? Right? Until the, Chet Holmgren yeah. was supposed to be number oh, one. Oh, Chet Holmgren, yeah. And he's killing yeah. it this year. So yeah, he's yeah. been really good. Um, yeah. He's been really good. Well, you guys, and that year, like, I remember um, the year that you guys drafted, Jay, uh, the Magic drafted Jalen Suggs. Everybody thought Toronto was going to draft him, and we drafted mm. Scotty Barnes. And then there was yeah, definitely, like, this, this uh, definitely a little bit of, like, a victory lap because it took, you know, it took Suggs a while to, to really get going. Now he's good. He's He's good mm-hmm. now, and and I mean Toronto is a mess, but like we're supposed to be a mess. Like, I'm like I I I think we should be tanking harder, but like that's just me. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys got rid of Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, and Nick Nurse shooting like who's shooting like 36 percent right now for the Rockets. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't know, man. I've always I was a huge okay. So I was all, I've always been a Pacers fan, right? Always yeah. till death, I will die for the Pacers. But I always loved. Vince Carter. I remember oh, sure. one of my first memories, and this is like something that makes me so nostalgic, was that 2000s dunk contest, which to this day I have that on VHS. That all my cousins oh, and I got yeah. together and watched that. And I remember just being like, oh my God. I was like, I want to play in the NBA. After seeing him like hang his arm in the rim and everything, and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta get to the NBA. <laughs> then I was like, oh wait. So I remember going to my doctor, like my pediatrician. I was like 10 years old, and I was like, how tall am I gonna be? He was like, on your trajectory right now, you're looking at 5'11. And I said, All right. Hey man, I'll that's like it. Chris Paul height, you know. <laughs> I, guess, I guess in the, these days that it, it's it's more conducive than than it was back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's a shooter's league now. Do I mean also, you look at when I watch games like Trey Young? He looks like he's like five eight out there, man. Like he looks yeah. so small. Yeah, but uh, I, I remember with Isaiah Thomas. I think he was billed oh, yeah. as five eleven, dude. I no was down on the, on the court one time. He's he's shorter than I am, and I'm five. <laughs> yeah, Straight it's up. like Straight it's up. like that with like Baker Mayfield. Like they oh, sure, yeah. six one or like six two, and like yeah. I walked by him downtown Indy one time during the combine because the combine's here every year. I was yeah. like, no, I was like, that dude is not six <laughs> two. Yeah, there's a few but, of them. Like a Drew Brees was one that I was like, no way, he's six foot. There's yeah, no way. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It was funny, Vince Carter. You know, he's he's he, you know, people in Canada, like in Toronto, like him, but he had a bit of a kind of a maligned career in Toronto. You know, mm-hmm. he like he didn't want to be here and whatnot, and like you can't totally blame him, but he definitely like quit on the team in some ways. But he had a nice, oh, yeah. like, his second act in the NBA, like, what was he on? Like, on, on Memphis and oh, a couple other teams. Oh, he was on. Yeah. Yeah. He, the magic. He, he, yeah, right. like, he had a nice, like, age, he aged out kind of nice, you know, became, like, a kind of, like, an older, like, elder statesman in the NBA, which which was good. Um, but, like, the Toronto Raptor that everybody will inf- always love is, is Kyle Lowry. He's sort of the guy mm, up here. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, you know, most people are like, he better retire a Raptor, like sign like a one day or something or come back for his last year or whatever. Cause like, he's very beloved up here. Um, DeRozan? DeRozan, like DeRozan is, is well liked, but you know, he sort of became, people will always remember him as like the fall guy, but 
it was okay because we got the title with one year with Kawhi. But people here don't really care about Kawhi Leonard. Like, you know, we're happy about the title. But I think more people felt more felt more stoked for a guy like Kyle Lowry or even like um like for me like like for me like Marc Gasol like you know what I mean like oh yeah for sure um like that kind of stuff I I think meant more than like than Kawhi getting a second title and I I watched those Spurs teams that he played on and I was you know it was nice to have him here but there was never any real like emotional connection to it I think the yeah. best thing the best thing though is is that um uh was 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 the shot that that prevented Philadelphia from going to the conference finals cuz Philly yeah. will never get past the second round so long as Joel Embiid's on the team like it's just it's a foregone conclusion you know me and Justin both have a lot of people that we're close to in Philly and it doesn't matter like it's just like no matter yeah, how good your team is time, yeah, yeah like you can you can give Embiid all the MVPs you want man like it's just never going to happen you're going to have like, your name taken like, off the outer heaven record. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They don't live in Philly, so they don't really claim Philly. But, uh, you know, it's like, it's funny. Like, so it's like, it's like every year in the playoffs, like if the Celtics and the Sixers square up, it's like, oh, the, Cel- the, the Celtics will win. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Celtics, man, they, uh, they look unstoppable. So it's always well, like at- this too. Yeah. The Pacers always get stuck with either, you know, we finally got away from Michael Jordan. And yeah. then guess who shows up? Oh yeah, our, everybody. Oh, LeBron. like everybody felt the wrath of LeBron for a solid yeah. like ten years, like, right? Like now the Celtics, like we're not going to get past the Celtics. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see how we like develop these young players, like uh, Ben Matherin. He's yeah. kind of disappointed me this year, but still young. We'll see how he does. But man, Halliburton looks MVP caliber. It's crazy. That was, that was a trade that really like it benefited everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody kind of won in that trade. Um, well, you were Justin. You were at that Celtics game on Wednesday against the Bucks. I was, yeah, yeah. That that was a good game. Yeah, they 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 played well. I mean, you can tell they were, they were motivated for that one. I I watched them today. They lost against Orlando, but they didn't they they, they didn't have Holiday and Porzingis didn't play the second half. And it just seemed like they were oh, okay. kind of day after Thanksgiving, like playing Schedule in the afternoon. Loss. Not not yeah, you know yeah, right, right, right. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> anything my dad said. But yeah. You guys come up here for a show anytime. Pacers game on me. Granted, they're playing. Or, you know, if not, we'll go to a Colts game. Uh, a little bit more okay, expensive, so don't break my bank, please. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, we we will go to a Pacers game. But, anyway, guys, one last question before I let you go. Yeah, I know we you kind of gave a really in-depth overview of Star Path. It's, again, out right now. Incredible split with Worm. But looking back, one last question. If you had to pick a favorite moment off the two tracks, what is your favorite moment? Oh man, you go first. Do you have one? Um, I don't know. Like, well, let me say this: when I listen to the first song, "So Many Chances," that I'm like the most impressed with that song. But I would say there are moments on. Um, on the second track, if not now, when that have more that have like a certain kind of emotional depth that I kind of really connect with. Do you know what I mean? Especially on the verses, um, like in the middle of the song, going into the solo, and the solo is it, the solo might be my favorite part actually because that that I think is is one which is solo one of the best. Um, when when the um, 
when the drums kind of uh, pick up a little bit, I start doing the, the, the fills. And oh stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of expression in that solo. So that, that's probably my favorite part of the record, at least of, of our side. Yeah. Um, the six minute and 20 second mark of, if not now, when that's my, that's my pick. I had to like scramble. Cause I was like, I know the part, but I had to like time. <laughs> I had to find the time. I just found it. Yeah. The six twenty mark of, if not now, when, and for like the, and like the 30 to 60 seconds of that, that's like, to me, like, yeah. Every time I hear that, I'm like, Oh, that's really good. <laughs> and- it's just really good. It, it's like, uh, it's just like, it's, it's a really like, it's a really heavy moment. Like feels there's a, it, you know, uh, everything kind of just crests to this very emotional, like emotive section with all these heavy guitars happening. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that for sure. Um, and yeah, that, and, and for me, like I'll, I love that the vinyl has like an alternate solo than like the digital version That's and so the CD sick, version. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'd be, I am curious if anyone will actually like notice it because i don't ever really know if people like how you know like i'm an intent listener but i don't know how intent people listen to things you know what I yeah mean? yeah and justin i'm not letting you off the hook on this one because okay. i already asked derek in our last our last talk he okay. said cynic focus was his favorite 90s death metal record so what's your favorite 90s death metal record my favorite 90s death metal record like pure death metal yep um Oh, it, that's an easy answer. It's it's uh, "Slumber of Sullen Eyes" by Demi. Oh yeah, okay. That's I, a good me, one. that's like, oh yeah, that's number <laughs> one. If, if if I can only listen to one pure death metal record for the rest of my life, like I, I'd probably just be happy with with that one. To be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> also, Justin, has anyone ever told you you look like uh, Dustin Poirier? I, I probably get that maybe like five five times a year or something like that <laughs> oh my god i felt yeah. i was like there's no way no one's ever said this to him before one, one time, <laughs> well i i i trained jujitsu i've been training it for for a very long time actually and i was in an uber ride to a jujitsu academy and my name is justin oh but the uber, yeah. the uber driver thought for a second that 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 it was dustin Poria. i was like <laughs> trust me it's not you know what i mean like it's definitely not but but yeah Oh, you didn't God. want to try to lean into it, no? Oh. Well, I actually, I, I I got it more often when when he had a shaved head and I had a shaved head, like in the in like the earlier twenty tens. Mm. That I could see more, but like I'm also ten years old and he is probably so. Anyway, I don't think so. I think he's uh, late thirties now. Yeah, I guess he's he's been around for a while. Yeah, so. I think he's late thirties. But anyway, yeah. guys, I had to throw that out. That's there, Justin. great. You do look, you do look yeah. like Dustin Poirier. I'll take it. I mean, there's people call me worse things, so yeah. <laughs> oh no. Hey, he's a handsome guy, man. You got to take a run with that. But anyway, guys, thanks so much. Beautiful. Thank you, man. Split with Worm. So Thank much you, fun. Man. Hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. Have a happy holiday. I know, Derek, sure. you're in Canada, so I don't know if you you celebrated, but um, uh, last, month. last month. Oh. Last month. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, do yeah. celebrate a year earlier or a yeah. month earlier. But yeah. guys, thanks so much. We'll do it again whenever the next Dream Unending record comes out. People should be patient, I'm assuming. But. Um, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that new. It's Hearts. What's the name of the the band? Hearts Desire. Hearts Desire. Will that yeah. be? Uh, are you guys on a label with that one yet, or is that soon to be announced? To be determined. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, keep an eye out on things drum dream unending related. Derek has a plenty of bands. Justin has plenty of bands. So looking forward to that new uh, record, that rock oriented one. But guys, thanks so much, and we'll do it again sometime soon. Yeah, man. For Cheers, sure. man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Be well. Later.
Thanks so much for tuning in to that interview with Derek and Justin from Dream Unending. Again, the new split with Worm Start Path is out right now via 20 bucks spin. But as always, I do want to leave you with my recommendation of the week before we wrap this episode up. And this week, it'll be a song off of another split, a new split between Rain AD and The Oracle entitled The Mountain Peaks of Prophecy. I'm going to play the song The Vipers Not off of that record, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up.
that was the Vipers Knot off of the new Oracle and Rain AD split, The Mountain Peaks of Prophecy, which is out right now. But it's time to wrap this episode up now, my friends. Don't forget to follow us on the social media channels of your choice, which are in the description of this episode. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe to the podcast wherever you do listen. That helps us out tremendously. And last but not least, don't forget to support the supporters of the show. But until next time, we'll catch you right back here in the catacombs.